But can I say, yeah, I'm ready to go Like weed seeds in the pot, yeah, I'm ready to grow And I don't care if the growth is fast or slow Grow my fan base, cause that's what really matters the most I see the top of y'all, swear I'm so close You ain't taking medication, let me give you a dose I am the realest in the end, that's not no quote Let's see who disagrees, raise your hand to vote to heat episode 18 happy saturday everybody what's going on with you about to bring you some heat this saturday morning as the ncaa gets ready to ramp up their week eight i'm your host day along with my co-host Webb. what's going on baby hey how's it going Dave? it's good to be back uh ready to get straight into this michigan penn state game let's get straight to it Let's get straight to it. Send in your questions, your topics that you would like us to cover. I know NBA season is coming up, so I'm pretty sure a lot of questions are going to be coming up about that. And you can reach us at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. Or you can reach us on Twitter at feel the heat underscore. So let's get into it. You know, all it took last week was one major upset to toss the college football playoffs race into a blender at the midseason point. Georgia's unexpected loss to South Carolina last week altered the top five significantly heading into the second half of the season and significantly lessened the SEC's shot at getting two teams in the final four. So we jump ahead and do some matchups in week eight that could go one way or the other. And the first game up is number 16, Michigan at seven Penn State. Man, let's hear this heat. Well, what you got? Man, I expect this game to go one way, and that's for Michigan to lose. I mean, honestly, I want I want I want to try to give Michigan the benefit of the doubt, but I just don't I just don't see where. This is Michigan's second ranked opponent, who's not Ohio State, and obviously they lost to Wisconsin thirty-five to fourteen. So, to me. Day, do you think this is if Harbaugh loses at Penn State? Do you think Michigan season's really over? I mean, because where do they stand in their conference losing to Penn State after losing to Wisconsin? And then obviously we expect them to lose to Ohio State. So where do they stand in their conference, let alone the rest of the country? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if they lose to Penn State this weekend, um, and like you said, we expect them to lose to Ohio State. I'm not even sure that they would have – they would go to a good bowl game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, also, Penn State's leading the nation in sacks. I mean, I would say Michigan doesn't have – a very effective run game. So that's going to force them to throw the ball, obviously. And we've seen, we've seen in recent weeks that their spread offense really doesn't work that well with Shea Patterson. So I'm, this could go either really bad or exactly how I expect it to go. But uh, Penn State has, I believe the eight point advantage 
eight, nine point advantage? They really should be like a, a 15 point advantage. Because answer this, who has been the most inconsistent team this season? I mean, has anybody been more inconsistent than Michigan? Has, it, has anybody been more consistent than Michigan? Inconsistent. Not that There's I nobody. think of off the top of my head. More nobody. At least not the teams that people are paying attention to, like the top 25, has played a more inconsistent game than Michigan. Um, like you said, you have Penn State. They lead the nation in sacks. They're third in tackles for a loss. Their defense is a brick wall against the run. So everything you said, I agree with. Um, Michigan's going to take their second L this weekend. Well, there you have it. Michigan's going to take their another L. But I want them to win. I hope they win, even though I'm a state fan. I want them to win. I mean, I low-key want them to win, too. I, but just what you addressed is something we had talked about um, in our first few episodes, how the spread offense, that doesn't work for Michigan because they don't have the personnel at uh, running back and quarterback to be effective. You have to have a really good quarterback who can make the correct reads, who can use his legs to make big plays consistently and – you have to have a running back who is just a, a beast um, or very effective at least to rate, make that spread offense run um, run correctly. Michigan has the threats at, at receiver. They just need a, a better quarterback to run that type of offense. Right. And uh, I said this way in the beginning. I believe somewhere like in the first couple episodes – uh, DPJ, uh, he's not panning out as well as uh, people thought. I mean, on the season, he's only got 12 catches, 129 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the way people were talking, he was going to be a little better than that, don't you think? I definitely think his numbers haven't been what people thought they might have been. But the good thing for DPJ that he can look forward to is that he has an NFL body. I think he's like 6'4". He has great speed. He has good hands. He can get up the field vertical. He can make big plays. I mean, we've seen him play um, on the high school level. And then, you know, the college level hasn't been that, that much successful for him. But I believe that's due to his environment. He hasn't really had a, a good quarterback since he's been there. Um the thing about him is he has that NFL body already. And it makes me think of Jimmy Graham when he only played one season for Miami. I believe his season for Miami had like, I don't know, something crazy, like less than 20 receptions and probably less than 500 yards receiving. Maybe I want to say less than 300 yards receiving. But the NFL scouts, they know um, NFL body when they see it and Jimmy Graham has had a pretty successful career even though he had only one year at Miami playing football and it wasn't a really good year it wasn't a standout year so I think that works in DPJ's favor and uh, you know hopefully he could get a good quarterback 
just so he could display some of his talents um, on a broader scale. Right. So we got um, also number 17, Arizona State versus Utah. Take into consideration um, that Utah is ranked number 13. They lead the Pac-12 against the run. Um, they're 10th in the nation in total D. And the secondary has at least one interception in every game. And no one has been able to hit the 100-yard mark against this group. And the offensive side has been exactly what it's supposed to be coming into the season. It's not turning the ball over. The running game is grinding. The team dominates the clock and tempo. Arizona State's defense has been outstanding at times, but it doesn't generate enough pressure um, in, into the backfield, and it doesn't make big plays that Utah's D does. With that being said, Tyler Huntley will be Arizona State's biggest problem. So far, he's hitting 76% of his passes, and he's he's throwing close to 1,400 yards and nine scores with no picks. So my pick is Utah over Arizona State. And, Ray, I, I agree with everything you were saying. Uh, and also, you got to look at their powerful run game. I mean, Zach Moss is healthy, uh, which gives Utah the edge with the run. And the protection will be good. Utah's only given up four sacks this season. And like you said, they haven't thrown any picks. So I think uh, I think Utah's really going to try to make a statement here after losing the USC. So I expect Utah to win. Uh, and they might win big. I think so, too. And you have to take into consideration that um, Arizona State is playing a freshman quarterback. But she has been pretty good for them this season. But I think that plays into effect when you go into a more mature, more advanced, more, um, I would say, like senior team. Like you got more guys who have played on the college level and understand the game a little bit more, the speed of the game and what to expect. So, yeah, there it goes. Um, Utah, we're both taking Utah. Those are our two games of the week. We'll recap those on Tuesday when we're going to move forward um, to the NFL. So coming into week seven for the NFL, there have been some of the biggest names in the NFL to nurse injuries this season. Drew Brees had a thumb injury. Todd Gurley, Hunter Henry um, has been struggling with his knee. Cam Newton missed time due to a foot injury, I believe. But the latest injuries are coming from Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, and Pat Mahomes, who had a dislocated knee but didn't see any significant structural damage. Um, it definitely seems like the injuries are going around this season like a flu. So we just, you know, wish the best for everybody while they're rehabbing and getting stronger, either to come back um, this season or the following season. But what is the impact of Mahomes' injury for the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, the good part is, like you said, there's no significant damage and he's only going to be out for three weeks. But I still think it's a significant loss at the very moment. Because, uh, as you know, he is Kansas City's big playmaker, considering their soft defense. Well, I, I'm going to call their defense soft. But especially since Tyreek Hill, ju- he just came back, what, last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, so their opponents for the next three weeks are Green Bay, who's... Base, who's basically running the division uh, 
between the Lions, Vikings, and Bears. Uh, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins has been playing better lately the last two weeks. I think he's thrown five touchdowns, six touchdowns, something like that. And then Tennessee, whose secondary is pretty good. Uh, Tennessee secondary is playing well this year. So in those three games, I think they go one and two without Pat Mahomes. I think too many people gave, um, I believe it was Matt Moore that came in as Mahomes backup. They gave him too much praise for this win to seal the win over the Broncos. And it's like, uh, it was the Broncos, number one. The Broncos came out strong. They did move the ball um, up the field and got a score on their first possession. But I don't think anybody really expected the Broncos to win. Joe Flacco has not been playing well. Um their defense has not been what it has been in recent years really good. And so I can't give him that much credit, but at the same time, at least he didn't lose the game, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He kept the win going. But I just can't see him being that guy to lead them to, you know, any victories over the next three weeks. However, we have seen this season that – um backup quarterbacks have come in and have been able to lead their teams. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is an example. Uh, Minshew out in Jacksonville is another example of being able to lead their team and make big plays. So we'll see what Matt Moore could do for Kansas City. I want to add this on at the end. Uh, One thing that Kansas City's defense has been notorious for is being very weak in stopping the run. And I think Green Bay, Minnesota, and Tennessee all have very solid running games. You know, Derrick Henry in Tennessee, Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. And Aaron Jones, he's been lighting it up in Green Bay this year. That's why I said the Chiefs were going to go one and two. Yeah, yeah. Um, They have a very tough time stopping the run. So we're just going to see what Kansas City does without Mahomes. And hopefully he's really only out three weeks because – any more time missed than that will be devastating for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go ahead and move forward into our picks of the week. The game starting off in the AFC East for week seven. We have the Patriots versus the Jets, which is a divisional matchup. Who you got? I like the Patriots in this matchup. I mean, even though Tom Brady hasn't been playing as well as people would have expected you know the eight with the age really starting to show uh sony michelle he's been kind of having a frustrating season but even so they've been they've still been very successful they've been able to win football games uh obviously boasting debatably the best defense in the nfl and the jets they've they just got sam darnold back who honestly that's the best news they've had all season but I expect uh, the Patriots to get an easy one here. Yeah, um, the Jets D is really good, but their offense may not be able to put up enough against the Patriots defense, who is number one right now. They're just, they're great. So, yeah, I'm rolling with the Patriots as well. AFC West, Chiefs versus the Broncos. We recapped that already. Um, The Chiefs won over the Broncos, and... You know, Joe Flacco looks like he needs to retire. That's all that needs to be said about that one. Mahomes was hurt, and the Broncos still look terrible. They only scored six points. 
and that was on their opening drive. After that, they couldn't really move the ball. In the AFC North, we have the Ravens at the Seahawks. This is a good one. Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, I believe Marquise Brown is out for the Ravens, and I also believe he leads the team in targets. And uh, that's really their deep vertical threat for Lamar Jackson. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and take Russell Wilson, who's been playing out of his mind this season. And that's that, honestly. Yeah, I got Seahawks too. Lamar Jackson will have to have a near-perfect game against the Seahawks defense. But like you said, Russell Wilson is having an MVP type of year. And he's the pick, and the Seahawks are my pick. So that's who I'm going to I'm gonna roll with, the Seahawks, on this week. In the AFC South, we got Texans at the Colts, which is another divisional matchup. Who you got? Uh, well, the Texans, really strong offense. Their line's been doing better than I thought. Carlos Hyde's been producing. Uh, Colts' defense has been producing as well. I'm going to go with the Texans. Deshaun Watson's been playing well. Everybody's been playing well to me. I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. And um, just exactly what you pointed out is what I would have said. I like the Texans to win this game. Watson is really hot right now, and I think he will continue his hot streak. And I think the Texans will roll over the Colts. Um, They probably will win by maybe 14. But, yeah, they're my pick. And I think uh, Hopkins might have a really good game this week against the Colts. Uh, I think I don't know about fourteen, uh, maybe seven. I don't know about fourteen. The Col- I don't think the Colts are that bad. I think the Colts are actually really good. It's not really about them being bad. It's just about um, them making one or two mistakes that the Texans can capitalize off. And that's right. where I get my my extra seven points from, and in that game, anyways. In the NFC East, we have the Eagles at the Cowboys, and I think the Cowboys need to redeem themselves. The Eagles need to redeem themselves. If Amari Cooper is on a bench and hurt, and Gallup is still hurt and not playing, then they will rely on the running game, and Dallas has the better back out of the two teams. So depending on player availability, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh Michael Gallup, he's going to play. He's he's fine. He's okay. Uh, Amari Cooper, he's questionable. I I have him on my fantasy team. So, uh, yeah, he's questionable, but he's going to play. As far as I know, he's going to play. But the Eagles' secondary is awful. It really is. Uh, I think they've given up the most. Okay, I'm not going to say the most. I'm thinking, I'm thinking fantasy here. Uh, they're just they're, terrible, like you said. I mean, secondary is incredible. Their secondary is incredibly weak. I'm gonna just leave it at that. It seems like anybody um, can get off against them. We watched Devontae Adams early this season get off against them. No matter who they put on him, no one could check them. And then you yeah. watch, I believe, last week, Stephon Diggs got off against them, had three touchdowns in the game. Um, and, and the week before that, or early in the season, I believe first game of the season versus the Redskins, you had Terry McLaurin who went off and off on their, on their DBs. So yeah, you're right. Their, their, their secondaries and the Eagles are terrible. 
Although, I think they get back Ronald Darby this week, which I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. I'm, I'm just reporting it. It won't make a difference, I believe. I think he was there, and then he got injured when uh, Devontae Adams was going off. And he didn't make a difference then, and he ain't going to make the, the hey, what, what does Big Brad always say? Scarface. He was a bum then. He's a bum now. <laughs> and Ronald Darby, I don't think Ronald Darby's a bum. I just think the Eagles' defense is struggling. Their secondary is just struggling. Well, I won't single point. Say is they were a bum then, and they're a bum now. Them DBs over there. I can't argue in with the that. West. No, you can't. In the NFC West, we have the Rams at the Falcons. Who you got? Um, I'm gonna take the Rams. Uh, I don't think Jalen Ramsey's gonna play, uh, considering he just got there. But even so, the Falcons—they've been—they've been, eh, been kind of struggling this year. They still haven't really got all their ducks in a row this season. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Rams. They've also—they've also been not as successful as they would like, but. They're still good. They're still in the running uh, for a Super Bowl this year, actually. I want to see them go back after losing last year. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams, too. Um, it's just the Falcons aren't kind of terrible. They are terrible. They're 1-4. and four. They just could not even keep up last week against the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. So there's something wrong there in, in their system and what they're doing in Atlanta. It seems like they're always playing from behind. They're never the team to get a jump ahead. And that's just not going to work for them because it seems like they can't get their games together. They're, and like you said, they're they're missing um, uh, what's his name? The, the DB over there. And uh, is it Neil? They got hurt. This with an ACL injury. Keanu Neal, their strong safety. Yeah, so... Yeah, and it's just not even... It's not really good for them right now. And that's unfortunate. So, yeah, there it is. I'm taking the Rams. In the NFC North, we got the Vikings at the Lions. Will they be cheated by the refs again? I feel like uh, the Lions' defense is pretty... Honestly, I can't even call it. Like... I've been rooting against the, I've been rooting against the Lions even though they're my home team just because I expected them to lose these games but they've been playing a lot better than I thought and these games have come down to the wire. So, I'm going to take the Lions. I think Matt Stafford can lead the Lions to a victory this week cuz Kirk Cousins is so shaky. And the Lions defense has been playing considerably better this year. So I'm going to take the Lions by three. I like that. Um, unfortunately, I have to go against the Lions this week. Yeah. And roll with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. Whew, I think it's going to be a good game. And it should be a close game. And we'll see if the Lions can pull it out. But I'm going to take the Vikings. The NFC South brings us the Saints without Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook. 
Andrew Brees at the Bears, whose defense is really good this um, this year again. So um, I think I'm gonna roll with the Bears. I'm not. Sh- I don't think. I don't think Trubisky is back yet, is he? Or is he? Oh yeah, he's back. I'm not sure. I'm not the, sure. I'm, Let me find out. The the Bears' offense is just so limited. You know the op- the options that they have. I mean, Allen Robinson's their best receiver. But even though the Saints don't have Alvin Kamara or or Drew Brees, I still think Teddy Bridgewater can lead them to a victory unless he makes too many mistakes, too many mistakes on offense and turns the ball over, which is But I guess my overall point is if the Bears are going to win this game, they're going to do it on defense. Absolutely. Um, Trubisky is. But I'm going to take the Saints on this one. Yeah, me too. Trubisky is um, questionable, so we'll see if he suits up tomorrow. Let's go ahead and move forward because we got to get ready to wrap up. In the NBA, the season is getting ready to start next week on Tuesday. And some players that have not gotten their contract extensions during the free agency period are now being offered their extensions. Um, Celtics have offered Jalen Brown an $80 million deal over the next four years. He is yet to sign. Yeah, he turned it down. I believe his report, I believe the report is he believes that he deserves more during his three-year career. He is averaging 11 points per game over his career at 24 minutes per game. And I'm not really sure that he is worth more than $80 million. See, the difference in the NBA and the NFL is that the NBA pays you for what you what you have done, what you have put up, your numbers. The NFL, they'll pay you if you have, like, one good season and they expect you to continue to be that way. The NBA is like, no, you got to prove yourself over and over and over and over. I mean, when you get a special back in the NFL, there's only a couple NFLs uh, backs to the NFL that are really special, so... The small forward or the shooting guard position can be replaced at any given time. So I'm not really sure with the numbers, his numbers, that um, he is really worth more than $80 million. million. He hasn't really increased his scoring overall since he's come into the league. But we'll see what what type of deal they work up or maybe he just wants to become a free agent in the free agency period. Well, you got to look at it. I see where you're coming from, but look at it from this perspective. Uh, not at a point in time, not too long ago, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were basically eye level in terms of who was emerging in terms of like young talent in Boston. You know what I mean? In terms of like uh, who had the most potential. And J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're, I'd like to say they're part of the core. They are the core of where Boston is looking to go for the next few years. I mean, because look, they just grabbed guys like Carson Edwards who can shoot the ball really well. And honestly, with Jalen Brown, with the potential that he has and the flashes of talent that I've seen from him over the past couple years, I like the fact that he was betting on himself. He's a part of the, he's a part of the Celtics core going forward so I'm okay with him asking for more money do I think he deserves more money maybe not more than 80 million but I'm okay with him turning it down 
Um, yeah, but out of the two, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who would you say has the most upside? If you had to pay one player or the other and you're Danny Ainge, who are you going to pay? Oh, I'm going to pay Jason Tatum for sure. Yeah. And I think that's what um, Danny Ainge and Celtics are looking at. He's kind of like their future there uh, more so than Jalen Brown. Um, but let's go ahead and move into another guy who just signed a two-year extension with the Wizards. Bradley Bill signed a two-year extension worth $72 million. He will be eligible for a Supermax deal in 2022 worth $226 million. The question is, is Bradley Bill wasting his prime in Washington and will he be worth $226 million in three years? What do you think? Yeah, of course. I think he's wasting his talent in Washington. I mean, what? who do they really have outside of him and John Wall? If John Wall even plays... Uh, for that matter, and honestly, uh, unless you're LeBron James, I don't think you deserve a supermax. Unless you, unless you carry your entire team to the playoffs, you're not worth a supermax to me. There's only a very select couple guys that I think is worth two hundred plus million dollars, and it's not Bradley Beal. I think that, uh, first of all, I agree with you. He is wasting his prime with the Wizards. Uh, what has the Wizards been able to accomplish outside of all-star appearances? They they haven't had any luck at, at adding additional pieces to Bill and Wall, uh, which is why they have lost in the first and second rounds of the playoffs multiple times since Bradley Bill was drafted in 2012. But I ain't mad at him. Boy, go get your money. At the same time, I agree with you. Um, players like LeBron James, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, Steph Curry, Draymond, and, and those guys who are always in the finals and contending for a championship, those are the type of guys that deserve a super max deal. And I know that there's like some type of qualifications, like if you make an all-NBA first team or second team or third team or all-NBA defense team, whatever, you qualify for a Supermax deal. Um, hmm. But I'm, I would not pay Bradley Bill $226 million. He's just not that type of guy. You save your money and go find somebody else. All right. Buddy Hill is upset with his four-year $90 million offer from the Kings. Is he worth more? Let me ask you a question. How many, uh, how many times has Buddy Hill been an all-star? He's never been an all-star. Well, that should well that should tell you everything you need to know right there. Buddy Hield. Buddy Hield is good. He's a knockdown shooter. But I think 90 million is right about what Buddy Hield is worth. And I think that's being generous right now. I think but, so too. I think so too. The Kings are trying to make a playoff push, and I think the Kings can make the playoffs this year. But I think trying to pay Buddy Hill more than ninety million dollars should be the last thing on their agenda. I didn't. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even pay him that. I wouldn't even pay him ninety. But if he thinks he's worth more, try to get your money. But I doubt it, buddy. I don't really think he's worth more. Than the ninety million dollars, 
But I will say um, one thing about him in comparison to Jalen Brown, he has consistently improved his scoring. He played 80 games in 2017, 82 games in 2018 season, averages 20 points over his career, um, and has increased it from the start of his career when he got drafted. He started off averaging like 11 points a game, 13 points a game, 17 points a game, 20 points a game. So uh, he has really shown that he belongs in the NBA. And last year he was in the 50-40-90 club nearly. He missed 90 by um, a couple percent, like it was 88% he was averaging from the free throw line. So he could try to go get his money. The Kings, they, he's, just what he said about the Kings, they're not known to sign big free agent names. And they haven't signed a big free agent name since the 2000s when they had Doug Christie and and um, Chris Webber. Then they signed Vladi Divac and they had Peja Stojakovic. So it's been years, maybe 17, 18 years since they signed a real big free agent name. And I understand where he's coming from, but he has to go get his money and we got to move on. So let me wrap this up real quick, give you a quick playoff update. The Nationals swept the Cardinals to advance to the World Series. They're waiting for the Yankees and Astros series to end, which could end tonight. The Astros are up 3-2 on the Yankees. Game six, or game, yes, excuse me, game six is in Houston tonight. We will see if the Yankees can make this a real series and even it up and try to go to game seven and make history and win game seven to go to the World Series. If anybody could do it, I think the Yankees can, but they have been playing really, really, really terrible this this series. If nothing else, if you have nothing else to add, um, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I'm good. Go ahead and wrap it up. So, yeah, enjoy week seven of the NFL. Enjoy week eight, which starts here shortly of the NCAA season. Once college basketball starts to kick off, we're going to bring some of that into here, too, and and even bring some more conversation into the show. Um, NBA season starts Tuesday. We will see who's going to be the king of L.A. for that day or for that week or until they meet again. The Clippers, the Lakers, it's going to be a clash. It's going to be a good game, good series. Hey, make sure you guys hit us up at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash slash message. Or on Twitter at Field of Heat underscore KW. We'll check you later. Have a good weekend.